Welcome to Market Scale Building Management. I'm Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Alan McLenahan. He's the CEO for St. Gobain Sage Glass. Alan, how are you today? I am very well today. Thank you, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Uh, would you be kind enough to explain to me the configuration of where exactly sage glass falls within St. Gobain? Yeah, it's a very fair question, I think, Sean. St. Gobain or St. Gobain is a large multinational company. We're French originally, but now we're a very global company. Just under 200,000 team members globally about 60 billion dollars or 60 billion euros of turnover so and we're focused on uh, building materials and the distribution of those materials to you know make more environmentally friendly more sustainable more comfortable uh, living spaces whether those living spaces are homes uh, commercial office blocks airports and even vehicles we do do a lot of glass for vehicles the group um, has various large divisions. Uh, one of those is called Innovative Materials. And within Innovative Materials sits our glass division. And within our glass division sits Sage Glass. So whilst I have a very grand title of CEO of Sage Glass, I am a very small, but I hope very significant part of, uh, of the Sangoban Group. Now, I will say that from the layman's viewpoint when i think of glass i just think of sand that was heated and turns into a liquid and poured out in sheets and boom it's glass i know that is an incredibly simplified and uninformed uh, vision but <laughs> glass is actually defined a little more specifically with a much broader source of materials than what i've just described yeah, I mean, it, it, when, when we think of anything uh, that we understand, you know, you're not a million miles away. Uh, sand is the fundamental material of uh, the glass substrate, mainly because of the silicon oxide required. If you imagine uh, making any item, any material, then the ideal scenario is you would take pure raw materials to add together to whether to create the reaction or to create the mix. You would start with something very pure. But if you start with something very pure on the scale of making glass, uh, it's very expensive. So you can't go out and find pure silicon oxide. So you go out and you find uh, materials that contain a lot of silicon oxide and sand is that primary material. So it brings in most of the silicon oxide we require and then we bring in a series of other materials that will help with the melting process, help with the durability of the product in the future, help with the clarity of the project of the product. And all that mixed together to create the chemical reaction allows us to make a durable product uh, that, that we all experience in our in our homes, in our buildings. If we if we just stop and think for a second, I'm sure most people's lives are very interesting and they don't think about glass at all. Uh, why would you? But if you stop for a moment and look around you, it's everywhere. I mean, it really is a material that changes the way we experience our world, whether it's the glass in our vehicles that we drive and protect us from uh, the wind at 70 miles an hour, or whether it's the glass in our, in our buildings allowing us a beautiful view and connection to the outdoors whilst helping keep out the heat, or 
keep in the heat, whichever the property may be. You know, so you're absolutely right. The fundamental of it all is it's melted sand, but there we start with quite a few other raw materials to make the raw glass, and then we can create wonderful new properties by applying very thin layers of materials to the surface of the glasses. And and probably one of the first products that that used that type of approach was was a mirror. You know, the, the ability to put a small layer of of a silver type material onto the surface that gave reflectivity. So suddenly glass became something that you could you could see yourself in. And then the technology evolves from there to, to the technologies that we have today that allow glasses which which switch, um, which can be self-cleaning, they don't need to be washed, which can reflect heat, which can reflect light, um, and so on. So yeah, we in the industry get a little bit boring for everyone else because we don't think of glass just as sand, but fundamentally, that's where it starts. Well, you mentioned technological advances. Um, the first instances of glass in the archaeological record go back, oh gosh, 3500 BC. So glass is yeah, not a yeah. new idea, but <laughs> it's a, it's amazing that you are able to continually improve it and advance uh, the technologies. There are so many technologies that would be impossible without the properties that glass as a material possesses and the abilities yeah. that it allows. But you're able to take those concepts and just keep putting things on top of them, much like putting that layer of silver uh, reflective material on a pane of glass to create a mirror. You're able to add additional functionalities, additional properties, and that's allowed for larger uh, pieces of glass to be manufactured and clearer pieces of glass. And one thing that I it's just so bizarre to me is that you have found a way to involve IoT in a piece of glass. Smart glass <laughs> is a concept that almost makes my head hurt because of how fascinating it is. I know, I know. Uh, you know, it is one of the latest uh, evolutions. Um, when we think of the Internet of Things and what we can connect, I, I can remember about 15 years ago seeing one of the first refrigerators, which was in principle going to be IoT connected. And, you know, what it would be doing was understanding what the contents of your refrigerator were. And it could, in principle, order for you the items which you were short of and Quite frankly, back then I thought that's crazy. You know, how can that possibly work? And who needs it? You know, without just opening the door and seeing what's inside. But here we are. You know, technology's evolved to allow us to connect almost anything, especially through you know cloud-based web servers. We can connect data uh, from any IP address uh, on any object. So when we were developing. Um, windows which can tint, windows which can change their color, the amount of light that they allow through, the amount of heat that come in. You know, they can get very dark, they can get very light. The The natural extension of that was, well, how do you connect it so that it connects to other aspects of a building or it connects to other user interfaces um, so that it's becoming even smarter, that it's using other data uh, to tint rather than just uh, the human switching it on like a like a light switch, so you can then it becomes boundless. Um, you know, you can start to look at 
What's the light level outside? You put a sensor there, you connect the sensor to the control system. You can have, whether or not you're using a television in the room, because if you're using a TV, it's likely that you want the room to be darker, um, so you would darken down your, your glass. Um, if you're using um, a, a particular space uh, and, and you want a lot of light in it, then you can automatically um, you know, have a sensory system inside. It sends the data. You don't even need to instruct the glass what to do. So when we talk about it being smart, we, you know, we really enjoy working with a lot of other innovative companies um, as to how to make this fundamental of switching, changing the amount of light and heat. Uh, how can we make that look like it's adapting more uh, proactively to the need of the occupant rather than the occupant saying, you oh, know, my room's a little bit dark, I, I want to lighten it up and use a switch. That's cool in itself, but for it to be able to to sense that and and react accordingly, you know, just think of something very simple. Throughout the day, the sun rises, it gets brighter, the sun sets, it moves across the sky, and uh, obviously you would like your glass to react to that very basic principle. And that's very simple. You know, we can we, we know exactly where the sun is going to be at any given time of the day or any given time of the year for any longitude or latitude. So that data can all be pre-programmed. Um, and then you can over overlay the data with what the local cloud cover might be because it might say, wow, the sun is extremely strong today. It's high in the sky, but, um, you know, the clouds are covering it. So it would be ridiculous if the glass were tinting very dark. Uh, because the clouds are already making it dark. So you can start to overlay lots of sensory data um, and, and connect it. And, and I haven't even begun to talk about, uh, Sean, how you can use all that data. This is, this is us just collecting data from sensors, having it analyzed by a building management system that may well also be talking to your air conditioning or your heating or your lighting um, at the same time as it's talking to the windows. Um, but we can also look at, well, we collect all that data, perhaps analyzing that data later would help us understand how better to design, you know, more efficient buildings in the future or more comfortable buildings or buildings which are more um, designed or, or adaptive to, to the needs of us as humans inside them rather than just, you know, um, relying on a static feature like a piece of glass which doesn't change. Well, Alan, I'm, I have, feel I have to tell you the truth here. I have to come clean. There was a, a very short period in my early 20s, and by short period, I mean about a month and a half, where I <laughs> wore glasses that were not prescription because I wanted to appear smarter. Now, I don't know necessarily that it worked, but the Sage Glass is literally glasses that make a building more intelligent. You've created like smart sunglasses for a building. So let's talk about how that intelligence is actually applied. Let's let's talk just a minute. You mentioned all of the data that's being collected. Give me a hypothetical scenario. What's what are some things that my smart building now knows that it didn't know 10 years ago because it has smart glass. Okay. So um you know obviously uh we the light level is has not changed from 10 years from now to now, but the sensors that can be applied onto the the face of the building can now measure what those light levels are. 
and it can now measure what that light level perhaps does to the uh, temperature or the comfort level, too much glare perhaps, inside it in the building space. Um, historically, people's reaction to that, if there was too much light coming through, would be to manually pull the blinds and shades down. No data has been collected with that. A human being's gone over, closed the blinds. You know, the room is now darker, it's cooler. So it's been effective, um, but we've got no data on it. We didn't know when during the day it was actually needed. It didn't revert back to its old position whenever it got darker outside or cooler. The blinds and shades just stayed in place until another human being decided, you know what, it feels as though it's really dark in here now. I should go and open the blinds and shades. Um, so we had none of that data. Now the data exists that says, you know, the light levels at a particular level, the glass automatically tinted, the light level changed at a particular time, the glass tinted back again, and the in interior was perhaps at a constant light level. And as a result, perhaps the human beings inside were more productive. And this is where you can start to connect other pieces of data to the raw data of the building. Let's imagine that you're running a call center inside the, inside the building space, and you're actually able to measure the amount of calls or the amount of business that um, a group of people are able to process in an amount of time. Would you imagine that their productivity would be higher or lower if they were physically comfortable? Now, without any data, I would imagine they would be slightly more productive and certainly not less productive if they're comfortable rather than if they're too warm because there's too much light coming in or too much heat. So if the glass has been regulating that, you can look at the call processing data or the system can and say, wow, at a certain level of light, this team was you know, 5% more productive than it was before. Now, we've got a lot of data uh, from our own Sangoban North American headquarters in Philadelphia, which features Sage Glass, and some of the groups in there operate customer support uh, service. And what they've seen in moving from the old building they occupied, where they had very little connection to the outdoors, they were in a cube farm, um, and moving to this new building where they are looking outdoors all day long, because we've got vast expanses of Sage Glass which uh, you know, allow them to see outside even when the glass is tinted, we've seen the satisfaction level as measured by team member surveys rise dramatically. And we've also seen the productivity of uh, those team members improve. The number of calls that they process in a given time, uh, the number of um, data points that they measure and reach at, in a given time. So those tasks have been able to be correlated to the conditions in the building that the glass has allowed them um, uh, to, to have. So it can go on and on, Sean, and honestly, I could become a data bore when it comes to all the data that you can extract from the building. Let me give you another small example. You know, air conditioning costs are significant. We all know that. You know, in North America, uh, you know, we, we are one of the world's leaders in utilizing air conditioning. It's a, it's a warm country for many times of the year. But if the rest of the world adopts air conditioning at the rate that we've adopted it in North America, we have a huge energy problem. I mean, we, we all know that we're facing many uh, environmental challenges. So please don't let me just pick on one and think it's the only problem. 
But obviously, we can't continue uh, to utilize air conditioning as the rest of the world adopts uh, the use of air conditioning in spaces. Wouldn't it be much smarter if rather than turning your air conditioning temperature down a little bit, making it work harder in order to cool the building, the glass just tinted a little bit more and prevented that energy coming into the building in the first place. So in principle, you could reduce the amount of air conditioning load. You could therefore reduce the amount of energy consumption, reduce the amount of emissions, uh, and you know the story goes from there. So I see the smart uh, capability of the facade, the, the, the glass surface, allowing us to fundamentally change the way we design a building and what energy consumption requirements it might have. I'm, I'm a real believer in uh, you know, green energy, green tech, generating power from wind, from solar, from wave technology. But equally, I think we should spend uh, uh, more of our time and resource reducing the energy that we consume. Um, and I think this product, Sage Glass, you know, does allow us to reduce significantly the heat load on a building without taking away the connection to the outdoors for people. You know, obviously, you could say, I can take away the heat load from a building by just making it a concrete box. Um, well, then the occupants wouldn't have any view and connection uh, to nature, to the outdoors, whether that outdoors is uh, uh, Fifth Avenue in New York um, or the middle of a beautiful um, field in Colorado. So we mentioned that glass has been around for quite some time, over 5,500 years, give or take, a couple of weeks. And it has made some really progressive leaps and bounds, but just recently in the last 100 years or so, and progress keeps accelerating, but you appear to be a man who would like to see bigger and better things happen even sooner as a way to help strengthen the industry. Now, I know that October is a big month for you there at Sage Glass because you have something special in the works, and I'm not going to ask you to divulge any of that, but I will use <laughs> that you. as an excuse to plan to talk to you in November. Wonderful. Once the world knows about this, I'd love to have an opportunity to talk to you in depth about that. But let's do talk about other progressions that you would like to see not only do you want to see an acceleration in the technology and the growth of glass but are there other advances that you would really like to see pick up the pace yeah i mean it's a, it's a you're you're so right about glass's history um, and uh, you know modern man uh, we, we can trace the evolution of glass throughout and how it's played a part in our lives um and certainly, you know, Sangoban as a company is over 350 years old. And, and we started in glass. Um, and our history is, is interesting in that regard alone. But um, you're right. I do think there needs to be a, a greater awareness of what the changes uh, that glass can bring. I think I have the hugest respect for architects, whether they be, you know, designing you know, the basic uh, homes, um, for, for vast populations uh, or iconic buildings, which we, we as human beings point to and say, you know, it, it, it defines our capability. So architects have a fundamental role in, in the way that they shape our environment. But I do think that they need to be um, a little more open and aware of the technology which is coming through rapidly, because if they 
if they don't specify the technology, then its adoption slows down and companies like myself then maybe don't generate as much revenue to continue to develop the next generation of, of products, which could be you know, even more interactive, even more efficient, even more systems oriented. And let, let me give an example which doesn't relate to you know, dynamic sage glass because you know, I don't want to be boring and, and only focus on a product which I represent. Imagine that um, in your vehicle, you get a stone chip and a, and a broken, uh, a broken uh, windshield then the technology exists just now for us to automatically connect that data that the window's broken, the stress levels have changed in the window, um, send that data to a window repair company or a window replacement company such that you're also knowing through the car's GPS system where it's traveling, where it is, and you get a signal you know, in an hour saying, would you like to pull over in one hour's time and meet the repair company to replace your, your glazing. Uh, that's all possible. Um, so it's just an example of where we can marry technologies, uh, marry Internet of Things capability, connectivity capability to make things smoother and easier um, for us and without us having to go home, call the insurance company, uh, work out when they could come round to see us, have to leave the car at our home or take it somewhere where we don't really want to go to to take it, just a, just a crazy example. Um, but obviously in architectural glass, um, the, in the use of bigger glasses, clearer glasses, glasses with more reflectivity, allowing less energy to come in. Obviously I want to see the adoption of dynamic glazing uh, where which sage glass is a part, um, increase, you know, more new entrants uh, coming in with new products will, will help adoption, you know, contrary to many people's uh, views on large organizations and competition. I want to see more um, competitive products entering the space, more dynamic glass from more companies, bringing different technology to the fore so that people have more choice. This is about, um, this is about choice and allowing you to say, you know, I, I don't want to settle for a piece of glass that is just equivalent of a clear wall. I want it to interact uh, with me. I'd like to see us actually utilizing the surface uh, that glass provides um, a, a lot more, you know, projecting um, our TV shows onto it and using it in, in that way, perhaps changing the way the view is. We don't like the view out there today. It's a little bit dull. Let's have the glass make it look better uh, than it actually is. And ironically, uh, sage glass is a, is a strange artifact that, that, that it helps with that. It was never designed to, but because when we, when we tint, the current product goes uh, a little blue, it means that the sky looks bluer and richer uh, than it does normally. So when the glass slightly tints, it looks like, wow, there's a more dynamic, vibrant color uh, to the sky rather than just a, a, a white or a, or a, or a gray. So I, I want to see that adoption, and I think we need you know, architects to be looking for this more and, and being willing uh, to move away faster into the newer technology products so that they can be further developed, further enhanced um, and made better because it's, it's, not, it's not cheap technology to create. At the end of the day, it saves you a lot of energy, makes your people a lot more comfortable, but um, there's a lot of R&D goes into it. And uh, as you very kindly mentioned, uh, in October at Glass Tech in Dusseldorf, we will be launching 
um, the next generation of, of Sage Glass. It's always an interesting step. You know, we have multiple little changes that occur uh, to the product offering, but every few years we have a step change and uh, we'll be uh, sharing that step change at Glasstech. Um, and I would love to tell you more about it just now, but you're, you're very graciously respecting the fact that we want to, um, we want to have that announcement in October. And now that I fooled you into thinking that I'm respecting that, I have a question. And that is, and you don't have to say anything, just blink once for yes, blink twice for no. (laughs) Is the thing you're revealing that pair of glasses that will make me smarter? (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, the interesting thing when people uh, when, when people search online for smart glass, in, invariably they get Google Glass. Um, so, um, you know, maybe that is where we're going with the technology. You never know. We'll keep you in suspense. <laughs> oh, you are, a, you are a master at the craft, my friend. Today I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with Alan McLenahan. He's the CEO for Sage Glass. Alan, thank you so much. It was so kind of you to take the time today. I really have enjoyed this. Absolute pleasure, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.